This is the True North Collective podcast, a gathering of unsugarcoated conversations on authenticity, created by the real-life documentation of everyday humans fearlessly finding their true north. Welcome to season four of the podcast. Hi, I'm Rachel. I saw the inside of a dating app for the first time yesterday. I got my RV back from the shop and we're starting to customize it. And I've had terrible IBS for the last few months. Hi, I'm Emily. I drive like I run. I appreciated my brother's wedding ceremony. And I recently visited three out of the four ecosystems of Ecuador. Hi, I'm Janelle. I love jelly beans. I can chew through a pack of gum in a couple of hours and I busted up my baby toe. And we are your hosts at the True North Collective Podcast. Do you run fast and drive I know, that's my question too. (laughs) I wrote it down. I was like, drive like I run. (laughs) So I, I recently just realized this. So I used to run competitively and I know I run like this. Like I don't like anyone around me when I run. So I would always like jet out and get out in front. But then if people pass me, I either let them pass me or like, or I I'll put a spurt in. And I was driving the other day and I realized I do the same thing. I don't like car, like other cars around me. So I'll either let people go by or I'll speed up to, to get ahead and like get in my own bubble. That's so I'm like, do I drive? Like I run, I curse a lot in both. And <laughs> But I drive fast and run slow, so <laughs> nope. I know. I wonder. I kind of like Bob. I'm a bob and weaving type of runner. I also like to bob and weave on the highway, so maybe I do. I'm also um, potty mouth really bad. I've been trying to work on it. I used I, to have a. I used to have this thing that like hung on my rearview mirror. And it was called a road rage reducer. It wasn't actually, I mean, somebody just called it that and they were like, here, this is a gift for you. It's a road rage reducer. And it was like strings with buttons and things hanging on it. So it like would jingle and it's supposed to be like a soothing thing. (laughs) I think that would make me even more ragey. I'd be like, what the fuck is this jingling all the time when I'm driving? That's what people said, but it was actually calming. There was like so many weird things for me to look at is probably not a good thing actually. Now that I think about that. I feel like I got really good at managing my road rage and I was very zen and calm. And in the last month, maybe because I've just been stressed out a little bit more in general, it's gone back up and I have to catch myself. I'm like, sorry, I'm sure you're a great human. I'm sure you're very nice. My bad. My bad. Sorry. <laughs> Are you yeah. a road rager, Emily? Um, a little bit, but <laughs> I usually it's under control. <laughs> We've all got a little road rager inside of us. So when, when did you get to all the different ecosystems in Ecuador? Um, not even a month ago. Uh, and it was, it was freaking amazing. Yeah, it was, I was there for 11 days and was all over the country, uh, visited the, the Andes mountains, the Amazon rainforest and the coast and Quito, the capital city. So it was, yeah, it was pretty incredible. That's amazing. If I ever want to work remote, I feel like South America is the place to do it too, because it's cheap. You can stay in your time zones. Goals. I love that. What was your most surprising thing when you were there? Oh, that's a good question. I think 
just the the diversity of the the um the ecosystem like that there's that that there's that much difference in that little country which is your favorite mm, these are hard questions <laughs> all of it um I have two favorites the Amazon rainforest uh and then we went to Nono which is like a a little town like an hour outside of Quito and it's it's just mountains and countryside and we got to pet cows and ride horses and that was pretty incredible too. Them nays. I recently rode horses in Utah but they scare me. I do not like them. <laughs> I, I had a shit. friend I had a friend who well it's not my it's like my ex-boyfriend's friend. But I feel like he's my friend because he's funny and I laugh at his jokes. Anyways, he we went to a wedding in Chicago, all of us. And he lives in Idaho, but he'd never been to Chicago. And so it was like the big city adventure that he was going on. <laughs> One of those carriages with horses clipped by or like. And he was like, city nanes. And he was calling them city nanes. Isn't that the best? He's like, where do the city nanes sleep? <laughs> the best <laughs> that's amazing i don't call horses horses i only call them nanes too and then cows are just moo-moos <laughs> the only way what janelle what freaks you out about horses when i was growing up my sister was really into horses we'd always go horseback riding for her birthday and my first bad horse experience was the horse i was riding would not it like wouldn't listen to me and then it kept biting my shoe like the entire time I was riding and that was, I was like, I'm going to lose a toe, you know, like eight years old. So I did not like them from that. And then I don't know, they're just big and they kick and they're scary. I feel like they could just hurt me and not even try to, they'd just be like, Bink! and I'd be dead. So funny. I want to do one of those horse healing, healing things. Mm. Like, I think that'd be so cool. But What's that? I haven't heard of that. I mean, horses are known to be pretty, I'm probably going to get this wrong, but very like in tune with subtle energies. And um, so a lot of times they're used for people who are going through PTSD or um, even like drug addiction recovery. And they're like, the horse will basically mirror your energy. And so it helps you to be able to see if you're calm and like, yeah, so it's it's supposed to be they're healing animals. Um, I'll also add that horses shit on hiking trails and ruin the experience because then the hiking oh, trail smells no. bad. <laughs> no, geez, please! I just like finished this beautiful. I like, know. Horses heal the world. No, they don't. And then they, they shit, shit on the trail. On the and they fuck everything up. <laughs> when we were in uh, what national park was that um i don't know one of the utah ones i can't remember we were on this beautiful gorgeous trail and the horse tour came through right around the same time we got stuck behind them and like these are very small narrow tra trails between big rock structures so one i'm freaked out because i'm like i have nowhere to run two they're shitty everywhere and then you're in these like narrow little slots so the smell has nowhere to go it was no nice no what's funny is that you are not afraid of llamas but you're afraid of horses 
Llamas are way too more terrifying. I fed llamas once. They were nice to me. They, like, <laughs> when I was in California, I think I shared this on here before, or when my parents lived in Northern California, one of the neighbors had llamas, which apparently that's a very normal thing. And I would run down the street and they would come charging at the fence. It was terrifying. And if they spit, I think it's like, it hurts. I think it's like a strong spit, if I recall. Is it a llama oh. or an alpaca or a vicuña? I don't know what the last one was. Vicuña is a wild llama. <laughs> could be an alpaca, but I'm pretty sure it was a llama. I don't I'm- know. I really don't know that much of a difference. I just learned when I lived in Peru for a while that there were three different types. They were all very lovely. They never tried to charge me or spit at me. Well, there you go. (laughs) To each his own. So four-legged animals. Yep. All right. I'm going to introduce Emily. Hey, 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 interrupting the podcast quickly to let you know about our upcoming workshop for May, Reconnecting to Your True North, a workshop on roadblocks. What do you do right now when the road you're on starts to get bumpy or the plans that you've been working towards get disrupted or seem to be taking so long or maybe they're not even starting at all? I know Rachel and I both know this one probably way too well, but roadblocks exist in all parts of the journey because they are an inevitable part of life. And yet it's easy to forget that when they arrive, we have a choice in what to do next. That is what our May workshop is going to be all about. We are going to look at our default roadblocks and unpack the possibilities that they actually create. This space is going to unpack concepts, reflect, there's going to be light movement, and we're going to be able to connect and listen and learn from each other. We would love to see you there. For May, we're going to do a little special promotion for our podcast listeners, and we will be offering your first workshop for free using the code TNC podcast. If you type that in in Eventbrite, you'll be able to jump into your first workshop on us, and we hope to see you on May 6th at 7 30 p.m central standard time so i'm super excited to have emily watson on the podcast she is i don't even know how i'm supposed to describe you because you're like a soul that i think we met in other lives and i think we both manifested each other to be each other's friends and i don't even know at this point how long i've known you maybe like five years which is kind of a lot, but also not very much for how much I feel like connected to you. Um, So I met Emily through Thrive. Um, She actually was one of the co-owners when I was going through my certification program. So I met her that way. And then we like quickly became friends um, as that all unfolded. And so um, she's just absolutely lovely. I literally talk to you about anything and it's the coolest thing ever. So Emily officially is a school counselor turned life coach turned helpful, helpful hardware folk, <laughs> which I love. So um, she's worked as a school counselor and a life coach for a majority of her professional career. And most recently, she um, has stepped in to help run the fa- her family's ACE hardware business, um, but continues to be in this space of um, learning development and what that means for her. She's a curious and always learning. Um, truly a seeker of new experiences 
and she is an HSP, highly sensitive person, just like me. Maybe that's why we get along. Um, so yeah, welcome, Emily. I'm so excited to have you and your energy in this space with us. Welcome. Okay, I'm glad that you said the ace part because I was like, ace, the helpful hardware place. And then I didn't know <laughs> the jingle, but like, I didn't realize until you said that you're like helpful hardware folk. And I was like, ace? And I was like, oh God, like the branding is so in me. That's yes. And I, I just had a guy come in and he's like, it used to be the helpful hardware man. Why did they have to change it? And I'm like, I just, you're like, sir, please leave. Go there with you. Yep. <laughs> just leave. Wow. Just wow. <laughs> and welcome to the podcast. Sorry. I just got really excited during that intro. I was just like helpful hardware folk. Ace. Uh, I'd just like you to sing that jingle again. Because <laughs> that was fun. Ace. <laughs> I'm not going to do it. <laughs> um, this is, okay, we're going to ask the question. But Rachel, I also just wanted to say, which came to me in the intro, because I'm kind of, my brain's a little turned off right now. But I was honored to be a part of your first dating app uh, experience and to walk you through it. So I appreciate that. You yeah, said in the intro. There's going to be plenty more opportunities for that because I still don't know what the fuck I'm doing. <laughs> it's great. No one does. No one does. I'm like, so can it? Oh my gosh. Yeah. There's going to be a whole episode about <laughs> really, turning, yeah. turning 38 and like joining the dating app scene, um, which I'm not doing yet, but we at looked at mine. <laughs> yeah. We anyway. looked at Janelle's. It was it's very all addic- recorded. It's it all is, recorded. It's it very, it was very addicting. I can see how that would be addicting. Okay. But Emily. Emily. Emily is who we're talking about today. I know. I'm sorry. I just wanted to say it because it just came to me. Yeah. All good. So Emily, welcome to this shit show. (laughs) This beautiful shit show that we love. And um, the first question that we always like to ask everybody is, um, what is it like to be Emily Watson today living her true north? I would say... um allowing the unfolding. Um, Never did I think I would be a helpful hardware woman, uh, nor did I know anything about hardware. And so, and do I want to be a helpful hardware woman forever? I don't know. I don't think so. But uh, I'm really getting good at um, being, being where I'm at and really trusting the unfolding and not needing to know what's next. Please tell me how you do that. Because <laughs> I appreciate it. I feel like that's been, I'm sure a lot of people are less in over the past year and a half, but that is a tricky one. Yes, it is. And I absolutely don't do it perfectly, but I feel like I have really been in this grounded space of doing it better than I ever had before. And I don't know how I got here. Um, but yeah, I think it's, I don't know. I don't, I also don't want a lot of things. Um, so I think that makes it easy in the sense of, you know, like I I know a lot of women want, um, to get married and have kids and, and that that's a real, there's a real biological clock for us. And, um, I'm not shutting the door on that 
but I never, I never really, really wanted that either. And so I think that makes it a lot easier for me to trust the unfolding because I don't have these outside things that I need to have or think that I need to have to, to have my life be complete. Um, and, and maybe that will happen and that will be great. But I think I'm just in, that helps me be in a place where I can just be where I'm at. And of course I think about the future and want to plan and control it. But for the most part, I stay in a grounded, like this is good for now. And, and I'll know when I need to know, um, if I need to do something different or about what's next. From so many different perspectives, I think it's really easy to get caught up in, like you said, like the way that you think you want your life to go. Um, and that can be really valid. I know for me recently, there's, there was something like I really thought I wanted, and then it was like, well, it was actually a relationship. I'll just like call it what it is. But I was dating someone like I really thought that that's what I wanted. Um, and then after breaking up, like honestly, within a couple of days, even I was like, oh, shit, like that's not actually what I wanted. I mean, there were essence of it, but like it wasn't the full thing. Um, and everything that's happening right now is so much better than what I could have ever envisioned. So I just like, I appreciate that perspective of not holding things too tightly. It's like, yes, want things. And like, again, yes, there were things about that relationship that um, I did want, but the trusting of the unfolding and just like knowing that things will be way more beautiful and more aligned than like my smart, but sometimes, you know, narrow focused brain could have ever imagined. Yeah, you go ahead. Uh, that just made me think of something else. And, and that's a good point. I think another thing that helps me stay grounded and allowing the unfolding is that I've had experience, like you said, Janelle, where something didn't work out how I in my mind had planned it or wanted it or saw it. And I was disappointed and I was sad and angry and all the regular emotions that go with 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 what happens when something doesn't work out how you want. But then I've been able to look back and there's been numerous times in little and big things where I've, I've been able to just look back and be like, oh yeah, that's why. Or not even really knowing why, but like being able to see uh, the cool things that came out of it. So that's helped me a lot too, seeing that happen a lot. Yeah. The other question I had was what, if you are trusting in the unfolding, that means that you're in the present moment. And what then are you anchoring into? Because I, I would think, I mean, I play with this too. And so I'm trying to think for myself when I first started, I think it was hard for me to do that because I was like, okay, well, if I'm not like projecting, like working towards something, or I don't have this like thing, then what am I anchored to? What am I grounded in? And so I don't, I'm like asking myself the same question. I'm curious if anything comes up for you when I say that. Yeah. As I was kind of like collecting my thoughts for the, for this, I was thinking about it. And I think for me more so now it's trusting in my present circumstances, um, more so than in the present moment. Um, and for me, I think that just looks like, cause I've also experienced this a lot of times where I'll 
I'll be in something, you know, a career or a relationship for a while and it'll be good. And then I'll just know when it's, when it needs to be done. And so I think that's what helps me like not, not you know, trusting and not having something that I'm really like going after um, because I trust myself and I trust that inner knowing to tell me when, when there's something to go after or when the next thing is. I like that you are saying trust in my present circumstances, because I do think sometimes we can say like, be in the present moment and it can be really elusive. And that really grounds in like, am I here in this, in the experience that's happening? Am I able to see it for what it is and pay attention to where I am in what is and listen to the feedback that I'm getting from that to be able to guide me? Um, yeah, that's really cool. Thank you for those extra words. There's, um, a book that I actually, Joaquin, who has been on the podcast in season two or three, can't remember now, but, um, it's called the calm center. And there is, it's basically a series of poems. And one is all about sort of what you guys were talking about. And it's like, when you're on a path, you know, yes, there will be problems, there will be decisions, there will be forks in the road, but they are all ahead. Like let them lay there until you get there and then trust when you get there that you will have the tools, the knowledge, whatever it is to make the decision. But basically don't worry about it until you get there. And I I go back to that visual quite a bit probably because I'm not an avid hiker. But um of like if I am like you said, I'm not trusting the present moment and I'm trying to, or like present circumstances and trying to really like over plan or future trip or whatever it may be, just trying to like also know it's like when it comes, you will know what to do and trust in yourself, trust in greater universe, God, whatever it is, um, coming back to that regularly. It's, I mean, to bring it to the relationship piece again, I think I'll pat myself on the back because as I was leaving my last relationship, I think that goes, that same sentiment applies to like, even once I knew what my decision was, I was, there was even more to the experience that I needed to listen to um, because I wasn't, I knew what my answer was, but I wasn't ready to I wasn't at the place where I was ready to actually move through with it and my ability to really take my time, even though some of my friends were like, that's fucked up. Like you can't do that. And I was just like, I don't know what to tell you, but if I leave right now, it's not going to be in hindsight, looking back, it's like, if I would have left sooner, it would have been not as beautiful that's like the best way I can describe it. Like who I was, I'm proud of how I was able to show up and the words that I was able to choose and the way I was able to communicate and the space that I was able to hold because I didn't just immediately act. Like I actually just like sat with the knowing and like processed my feelings. And I listened to like the next layer of nuance of like, okay, I, I'm getting this indication that it is going to be time to go but it's not, I'm not ready to say something yet. And, and instead of fighting it or, or forcing it, like, because I thought it needed to look a certain way, I gave myself the time. And honestly, it's, I'm, I'm very proud of the way that that relationship ended because it was 
the most mature I've ever been, the healthiest. I, it was the most loving. Um, I owned, I took total like responsibility. Um, I didn't make place blame. Um, and during that time, there was emotions that needed to be processed in order for me to get to that point. Um, and so I, I hear a lot of like very much slowing down to allow yourself to experience what's actually there each step of the way. Um, so go me. Um, even though obviously the whole experience is like heartbreaking. Um, I am, I'm, I'm really proud. And we have, me and him have like a, a decent relate relationship. That sounds weird, but like, you know, we, there is love there. Like we care about each other. We aren't, you know, trying to like avoid or like me with each other. And I, I would have to think that some of that is because of how connected, um, I was able to stay to the experience as it was unfolding and honor it for what, what, what was there. I, I love what you said, because I think it shows, and that's what I'm learning too, is that inner knowing or intuition or whatever you call it, or however you experience it. I think when I started in the, you know, the personal development world, I was like, it's, it's this aha, it's this moment. And that really threw me for a while because I was like trying to learn how to listen to myself. And I'm like, but it's not super clear, but I think for me, and that's what I hear in what you're saying, Rachel, too, is that it's, it's a process and there's layers and you can question it. And I guess the way I experience it is kind of like you said, like, I'll, I'll feel like it's there and then I'll explore it and take my time with it. Um, and it, it sometimes, but not that often shows up as this, like punch you in the face. Aha. Emily, are you willing to share a little bit more of your career journey? Cause we kind of started to talk about it. Like you were doing life coaching, you were working in schools. Now you have the hardware. Like what was that? What did that journey look like in practice? Yeah. Um, I, started my professional career as a high school counselor, um, and did that for four years. And then, um, it was just really hard. And for lots and lots of reasons, um, decided it, it wasn't for me. Um, and there, there's a lot of things I loved about it. Um, and that's when I met our friend, Jill, uh, she was a life coach and I had always heard this idea of a life coach. And I'm like, well, what is it? I don't know. Well, I know I'm not happy and I know I want to figure stuff out. So I might as well go see a life coach because I, a friend of a friend said they knew this life coach, Jill. So I started to see her not with the intention of becoming a life coach, but just with the intention of figuring my shit out. And through, through that process, I was like, uh, I want to do what you do. She's like, great. Cause I've got a certification program coming up. And, um, I mean, this would be a long story, but I'll try to cliff note it. Um, anyway, she, she joined back with the woman who trained her, um, and with some other women. And then, so we all joined together and, um, formed thrive, um, which was a life coach certification and personal development classes, one-on-one coaching. Um, and so did that for about two years. That's where I met Rachel. Um, and that was amazing. I would still be doing that today, but it wasn't for me financially, uh, stable at the time. So 
went back into school counseling because I'm like, well, I know all these things now. It's going to be different. And that's what my degree's in. So let me just do that again. It'll be different. And it wasn't different. Um, <laughs> the parts I loved about the job were still the parts I loved. And the, all of the bullshit of the job were still the same. Um, and I became, you know, just really unhappy, um, and realized that that career isn't in alignment with how I want to live my life. Um, I, I have been told, and I I do think I was really good at it. And so that's kind of part of the, what I wanted to talk about is like, you know, doing your passion or finding your purpose or doing what you're good at. And I'm like, I know I was good at it, but I didn't like it. Like, (laughs) Um, I mean, I guess I liked the parts I was good at, but so for about, I don't know, months, I struggled to, to figure out what I was going to do next. I knew I, I knew I didn't want to do school counseling anymore. Um, but I was going to ride out, ride out till the end of the year. Um, but there were a lot of months where I was, it was really hard. I had no idea. I wanted to be a flight attendant and then I wanted to work in a warehouse and I just was like trying to get to the essence of what I wanted in a job and then match that with the form. And it was really freaking hard. Um, and then finally, not really finally, like eventually I kind of, it just became clear that, um, I wanted to join our hardware business and learn it and work with my family and see what that was all about. I so appreciate the the acknowledgement of like sometimes needing to go back in and like, let me just reprove to myself, like, was it just that I, you know, where, where was the kink and is it still there? And then to just be revalidated. And, um, I don't know. I, I think about that sometimes with yeah a lot of things in life of like, oh, I wonder if, and a lot of times when I'm sitting, like, as I'm hearing you and reflecting on myself, a lot of times the things that I re went re-engaged in after I thought I was like, oh, now I'm going to retry it. It like, nope, it's still there. <laughs> I, can, I can trust it. And like, it, it might still shift a little bit, you know, like I'll say I moved back in with my parents and a lot, it's a lot of the same stuff. There are definitely some new nuances that are changing because I am learning how to manage my own emotions and Uh, how to communicate differently and how to take care of myself. And that definitely influences. And um, there are certain realities that just exist with the dynamic of, of their, what they've created for themselves that, you know, isn't for me and that's okay. And so to just like be able to accept that is like a pretty cool thing. So there's a lot there, but I, I appreciate that. Well, thank you. And it reminds me of something, Janelle, you've been talking about on the podcast about like running into the fire um, and how like I needed to go back in. I I really did. And I remember at the time when I was trying to decide what to do after life coaching, I really did consider joining the hardware business then. But I think that if I did that, I would always be wondering, I would not be in a good space working at, at our family business. And so like it, it absolutely needed to be done for me. Um, but yeah, I, I, I needed to run right into the fire. As you said, Janelle, I like that analogy. 
Love it. And I will say that's not my analogy. I got it from to be magnetic, but I relate to it so much just even with, um, I'm sure I've talked about it in like dating and very similar, just doing a lot of reflecting. I just mentioned I got out of that like shorter relationship. Um, and sometimes I'm like, man, did I like make the right choice? Like, should I have spent more time on my own? But it is, it's like you, a lot of times we forget that we need those experiences and also the question mark, like that can prevent you from moving forward. Like if you don't truly explore it and who knows, you might change your mind. Like I kind of feel like that about coming back to San Luis Obispo right now. For a long time, I really had a lot of tension and, and like a riff with living here. And then I like started to like it, but then I knew that I needed to leave and I wanted to go on this trip, but then I felt like this calling to come back. And I mean, who knows if I'm going to actually stay, stay here long-term, but um, it is like the being fluid in it and like being okay that if I come back here and in three months I decide this isn't my place, then like, it's cool. It's not my place, but I gave myself the shot to collect the data that I needed to collect or to have the experience I needed to have, or to meet whoever I'm going to meet, you know, like we, we never know. So like, there's really no wrong answers then. Um, like if you're feeling called to something, even if you think it might be the wrong thing, but it's like drawing you to it, it's like, just fucking do it. Like, just try it. The worst thing that's going to, I mean, there could be bad things that happen, but like you'll learn your lesson. Right. And then like, you won't have the, the what if, cause I feel like if you don't do it, like you're going to eventually somehow get back there in like a roundabout way anyway. Yep. You're just delaying the inevitable. <laughs> I, the question mark thing brought something up for me because so Jill again, so when Jill is who Emily mentioned at the beginning of how she got her into life coaching and I've been coached by Jill. And there was a moment where I don't remember what the decision was that I was trying to make, but I like was just stuck in the question mark. And I couldn't, I like could not, I was like, I don't have clarity. I don't have clarity. I don't have clarity. I don't have clarity. I was just like, like in the drama and the victimhood of like wanting the answer. And, um, she said to me, she was like, just make a decision. Cause like, you've now been sitting on this long enough. Like just make a decision, whatever it is, it's going to at least get you moving. And then you're going to be in the experience of that decision. And it's going to give you more information to decide if it's like, you want to keep going or you want to reroute. I was just like, yes, that was, so simple. <laughs> Yet when you're in it, it's like, I can't possibly take a step until I know exactly what is underneath my foot. It's like, it's just so crazy. Yeah. We're just so conditioned to not get things quote unquote wrong. I think that's it. Like we're afraid to fail. We're afraid to get things wrong. So then we don't act versus if you're giving yourself permission to just try shit and like fall on your face and laugh about it or like, or, or maybe really succeed if there's an empty falling on your face, but then like, it doesn't, it doesn't matter anymore because I, I've been the same way. It's like, I need a plan. And I, Rachel, you've coached me through this so many times. You're like, you don't need a plan. Like just do something. It's like, but my plan, you're like, just let it unfold. And I'm like, but the plan, <laughs> the plan. And now I feel like I'm just like, okay, whatever's going to happen. I'm sure something will show up. <laughs> well, and even on the flip side of that, it's like, okay, so we don't have to go to the extreme that like, there always has to be an action. Maybe the action is just choosing to be in, in action. But I think that's the thing is like the conscious allowing of yourself to be in the experience and to like be consciously there and like making a choice. And um, yeah, I don't, there's no like finality to it. I'm just adding that nuance because if I would have been listening to this 10 years ago, I would have been like, oh, great. Now I got to fucking make an action. And like, 
<laughs> and so talking to my younger self, like Jill, you don't, you can choose to not take an action too. So for anyone else out there who felt that way, that's for you. Yeah. Well, and, and that just makes me think about like, I think, like you said, Jill, or so conditioned and, and this, I used to operate like this too, but I think it's, it's a belief that there is a right and a wrong decision. And once I started to play with shifting my perspective on there really isn't a wrong decision, then that makes it so much easier Then it's just like what you just said, Rachel, just like make a decision and then, and then make that your decision until it doesn't feel good anymore. And then make another one. Like there's no wrong decision. And that's just such a powerful perspective shift that, that I have had. Totally. We are. We were just talking about this and it comes to even like, we'll go back to dating, but it's like, oh, maybe like, I'm going to be, you know, I'm going to focus on me. And then you meet someone and then you're like beating yourself up about it. Like I've been, not you, I've been beating myself up, like not really, but kind of like in the back of my mind, I'm like, oh, I said this thing, but then the opposite thing happened. And uh, like, what do you want to do with it? Do I want to be, I mean, I can choose to walk away. Of course I can. I, like and I, I was saying before, like being called to something, it's like I'm being called to it. And even if it's the quote unquote wrong decision or it doesn't work out, it's like, well, then I still haven't like learned whatever I need to learn. So here's the next like lesson. Here's the next round or arena that I get to learn it in. Um, and like just, yeah, really just trying to be like accepting of that too. That if I, it's like if I don't go for this one, but I'm like feeling called to whatever it is, I, like something else will just show up and I'll again I'll learn the same lesson so just like kind of being like cool with it and knowing that I think a lot of times we think we're like wasting our time or we're not sprinting forward fast enough like that's language that I've used and it's like you know what? why not let's take this detour see what's up visit the view catch the lesson and then eventually I'll be back where I need to be right Janelle that was recorded I'm gonna take that sound bite <laughs> don't hold me accountable to that <laughs> she's always like i'm leaping off the hill not the hill the mountain i'm leaving off the cliff come hold my hand and i'm like hold on let's look at this flower over here <laughs> um, let's jump off the cliff <laughs> we are interrupting the podcast to let you know about the creative business accelerator course from meg's colleen who is a life coach and a creative consultant also a friend of ours from the internet that we've had the opportunity to swap podcasts with. In this accelerator course, you can expect to break down big business difficulties, shift your mindset, and rise as the powerful human you already are. You are going to use a bit of neuro-linguistic programming, a dash of marketing, and the power of collective energy alongside so many more delicious strategies and tools. I have always wanted to be able to say this, we have our own promo code for this course. The promo code is TRUENORTH, all one word, and you'll get an extra $100 off the full price option, and it's valid through May 31st. So we will drop a link in the show notes as well as that promo code if you are interested in joining Meg's and her community. Awesome, let's jump back in. I was going to say something more insightful than that, but now I can't recall. Rachel, no, um, I got this. When you said it as your alarm clock in the morning, when you don't know it, you're going to wake up, it's going to be you talking about the detour. Oh my God, seriously. 
Oh, I love it. Um, okay. So how has that, because we have talked about the bullshitness of finding your life's purpose. And so how does that fit into all of this? Yes. The find your purpose, live your purpose movement or whatever you want to call it is really fucked me up for a while. And no shade to those that it works for, because I think it works for a lot of people. Um, but I think that that's just an example of like, there's no one answer. And so where that really, really works for some people, I think it really, really doesn't work for a lot of people too. And I just, I could, you know, I've always just had that finder. Once you find your purpose, then you'll know, and then you'll be happy. And I never did. And I never could. And I could find little, little things. Like I knew what I liked. I knew, but I it couldn't translate to a career or, you know, the, the way that I thought living your purpose should look. Um, and then I, uh, this might've been last year or year and a half ago was in a yoga class. And at the end, the instructor read this, um, poem called the, it was the path of unbecoming, uh, or the path of the serpent owl. Um, and I would love to have that linked in your show notes because it, it changed my life. Really. It did. I know that sounds dramatic, but it really did. Um, and it's this beautiful poem about how, you know, some of us walk the path of manifestation and abundance and, and running towards things and that works. And some of us walk the path of unbecoming and just, trying to come back to who we really are. Um, and that really spoke to me because I think I, and, and everyone, you know, we build ourselves to be this person based on our experiences and what we, what we think people want and what we want. And I've over the years, you know, just kind of realized like a lot of who I've built myself to be, I guess not realized, but I started to question who I've built myself to be and how aligned with like who I really am is that. Um, and so that, that poem just really spoke to me on like, I think that my, my purpose is just walking the path of unbecoming. Ooh, that hits that like hits hard. I, I feel like that's what I'm on right now. And the, the part about like, who am I trying to be versus who I actually am is like, there's so much that I'm like stripping away right now that are, you know, we're like probably cushions or, you know, trying to fit in and like all the stuff, make other people feel comfortable. <laughs> um, and to let go of that weight is a process, um, and is a beautiful thing. Um, and to make sure that I'm not putting new layers on with the new people that I meet. So that's another thing that I've been playing a lot with too, is like, I meet people that mean something to me in the short time I get excited about it. And then it's like, okay, don't put on, don't, you know, don't add a, a rock of theirs to your bag because, you know, it's not your rock. Like, remember you just like, you just dropped the bag. So <laughs> don't pick up another bag right now. 
Um, so that resonates hard. Yeah. I have had conversations with friends before that are probably in a similar boat as the three of us of just being like, why couldn't I have grown up and like wanted to be a doctor or, you know, something like very linear and like, and that's great. Like, I love that there are people out there that have that and accepting that I am not one of those people and that just like, I literally just want to do cool shit and different stuff and then like die one day. I don't know. <laughs> you know? <laughs> and like, be okay with just like, can I experience things? And I don't know that if that's like my only purpose is to just try to experience things that starts to alleviate the pressure too. Cause I, I feel the same way. It's like, huh, with I a didn't understand that. <laughs> Thanks, Siri. <laughs> Siri doesn't understand me. Um, <laughs> she's like, get a linear job. Uh, <laughs> but like, just, I don't know, just being able to like give yourself permission to try things and not feel like, yeah, there's some like just greater purpose in this job that I'm supposed to be doing. Um, and then like, what if I want to do a million things? Like, what if I want to be a comedian and then later I want to write a book and then, you know, it's like being okay with being that type of person versus having Emily, like what you were kind of saying, like a singular passion or like purpose or a singular direction that we think like, we're going to get it. We're going to understand it. And then that's like our thing. And I've never had that either. I'm like, I don't know. It's uh, very wishy-washy. It kind of changes <laughs> depending on the day, the week, the month. Well, and having yeah. like a, oh, sorry, go ahead. Um, that just made me think of like when I finally released the idea of having this, like you said, singular purpose or kind of tying my purpose with my career, I, I have been able to find purpose in the everyday little things, you know, like, I don't think hardware is my purpose, but I think spending, working with my family, learning a new skill and trade, helping people in a different way. Like, I think all those little things are my purpose. And so just kind of expanding that idea of, you know, you could, your purpose one day could be to, to, smile at the person on the running path. Like that could be your purpose that day. And then the next day, your purpose could be to give a keynote speech, you know, like it doesn't have to be a singular purpose. Well, and like, I can see, I can imagine where in the life cycle of like personal development, like across humanity in most recent years, got to a place where like, oh, well, if we knew what our purpose was, like, I can see where that came from. But it, it almost has this quality to it of, uh, like, chasing, um, of, you know, similar to like, how people chase happiness. And I had just sent a Marco Polo to, I think I did to Janelle, around like, you know, I don't know if I necessarily was chasing happiness, but I've definitely chased like relationships and like that thing that you're chasing that it actually these things that we're chasing inevitably like happen and come out um, are a byproduct of being able to, I think, being able to experience life as it is and savor it or whatever words you want to use, kind of similar to what you're saying. Like you find purpose in these small things. It's not about like chasing after the this 
honestly, it becomes a manufactured purpose that you are now uh, held hostage to. And there's so much out there on it that, and again, I'm making sweeping statements, so take it with a grain of salt, but like, if it becomes this external thing of like, what's your purpose? What's your purpose? Now I'm giving my purpose for external reasons. Like I'm trying to come up with something. And I've thought about this when I'm writing, you know, doing those things, cause it is fun um, that it can become a very external validating, externally validating, externally driven experience. Um, you know, what's my license plate, you know, what's my bumper sticker. And now it's like, okay, we've kind of lost the point of, of what this of life <laughs> what we're actually doing here. Uh, this is kind of interesting. I, um, I don't like, and this won't be for everyone. I'm sure you guys have done some form of this, but when we were talking about like, not really feeling like you have a purpose or floating around or like not feeling very grounded in anything. I currently, I mean, on the podcast, no, don't have a job, uh, <laughs> like kind of floating around, like don't really have a permanent home, all of those things. So like, it's been really important for me as I'm navigating this life and just trying to figure things out to try to find something grounding. And again, I might change at some point, but there is an app that someone recommended to me. It's a daily journal app um, and you can kind of customize it and like say what you do throughout the day and blah, blah, blah. So one of the things I put in there um, is basically my version of like core values for me, like in a sort of like essence versus form, like we were talking about, like in essence, am I living the type of life that I want to be living for the most part. Like I might not all hit all five every single day, um, but it's been kind of a cool check-in again, just because I don't have as much structure in my life to just be like, okay, well, even if it sort of feels like you're just floating out there, like you are living the type of life you want to be living and you're like you're showing up in life the way that you want to. So like, for example, one is community. So it's like, I don't know, do I feel connected to a sense of community, whether it be virtual, whether it be in, in person? Another one is creativity. Like, did I just do anything creative today? Um, so like trying to anchor into those things. And I'm sure at some point, maybe that like the five things I've chosen will change or evolve, or I'll add one or subtract one potentially. Um, but like letting that sort of guide I don't even know if I'd say it's my purpose, but I guess like how I'm spending my time and just checking in. So I feel a sense, I guess, feel a sense of purpose. I don't know, I don't know if that makes sense, but. Yeah, I, I think I'm sitting with, I'm sitting with this a lot actually of like how much, like it, that it is important to have these things like, I, I appreciate the practice of like getting clarity on what's important and, you know, you know, what I might want my legacy to be or, you know, what's important, you know, what I'm saying the same thing three times. Um, but I think that practice, that reflection is, is like a cool thing to check in on it. It's like, if you can hold it lightly, maybe is like where, like when it becomes now my whole life is dictated on this. I'm now controlling again. I'm now just, I've traded in one set of controls for another, even though I'm the one who chose them. Again, I still, I can still get held hostage to those things. Um, 
and I can kind of miss the point of what's right in front of me. Um, and so I, I actually, ever since we had Cindy on the podcast, she uh, did a reading, a live reading for us and unbeknownst to us that that was going to happen. So it was like very in the moment. And she said to me, you have been controlling everything and the universe is trying to give you something better, but it can't because you are controlling it so much. And so whether you believe that or not, it resonated with me. And I was like, and so I've really started to just like try to loosen my grip on you know, I'm a life coach. So like, these are the tools that exist to, to, to create a sense of like some stakes in the ground, some, some forks, you know, but ultimately like there is a surrendering. Um, and without that surrender, I'm just in a state of control (laughs) and anxiety. And so it's just interesting that these things that are meant to give a sense of direction can all of a sudden become the new handcuffs that we've created for ourselves. So I'm playing with that. Totally. I've um, jokingly been like, how am I going to get a job? I'm so busy. And it, it like a little bit sometimes becomes a handcuff of like, well, but I need to go on my morning walk and then I need to meditate and then I need to work out. You know, it's like all these things that you're like, I need to do these things to, I don't know, whatever I've, the story I've told myself in my head. And I've like been noticing that too. It's like, oh girl, like you don't have to do them all in one day. Like it's all, <laughs> it's all good. You know, you're just like making this, like you're leaning too heavily on this routine or like to, I'm clearly trying to get something out of it. So I should ask myself what, what's going on there. Um, but yeah, it can become this like, oh, well now I'm anxious because I didn't meditate today. And it's like, that's like the complete opposite of like why you're doing a meditation challenge anyway. I'm pretty sure I wrote a blog post on that about yoga, like six years ago, and I'm still relearning that lesson. (laughs) It's a, I feel like it's a really hard balance because I have definitely been through a lot of that of, oh, I'm going to, I'm going to write every morning. No, I'm going to, me- now I'm going to meditate. Well, now I'm going to type because typing is easier, but then I read somewhere that you need to handwrite it to really get it out. Like I've definitely got stuck like in that and then making something be the thing when actually it was probably really a good thing for me for a little bit, but then I made it like be the solid truth and what I'm trying to, to live and play with now is I have a huge toolbox, but then operating more on like just checking in with myself and being like, okay, well, what do I need this morning? Do I need to meditate? Do I need to run? Do I need to sleep in? Cause sometimes that's the answer and then not beat myself up that I didn't do my morning routine. <laughs> uh, but it's hard. It's really hard to find that balance. And, and especially when you found that something has worked so well for you, um, for for a little bit, but then you make it the thing. Or, or especially if you're like, I like so quickly, it's easy to be like, I'll, I'll just use Janelle. This, this doesn't happen very often, but just because your name popped up, but it's like, oh, well, Janelle, Janelle's working out today. She's doing beach body. I should be doing like, I'm going to be the worst one on our Ragnar team. Like I, I can like get so into like that comparison mode. And so, um, yeah. I'm just laughing at myself right now. Totally. And Rachel, 
not that you need to hear this, but I'll share. After we got off the phone this morning, I slept for an additional two hours and I've done nothing basically since <laughs> so, Just kidding. I got a lot done today, but then no physical activity. <laughs> on like a three block walk. So there's no, there's no beach body today. But I do, I, I appreciate that call out because as someone who it's like, I want to feel like I'm achieving something and I want to feel like I'm doing something and I'm very, like we all are conditioned to being productive and what does production look like and being productive makes me feel valuable and like all of those things. It, it's like nice to know that other people can get wrapped up in the same thing or like if something again, yeah, that you said was like good for you and checking in becomes the thing. Um, I would be curious something that I struggle with and you maybe already answered this Emily, but I'll open up the floor with a question is living an intentional life where I get to do, I don't know, do the things that I want to do, live the life I want to live. And also surrendering and trusting that something greater than me again god universe whatever the powers that be are going to be able like we talked about at the beginning like give me something better than i ever imagined and like holding that balance i guess it's like the the control and intention and the not control and the trust like i I don't i really have a hard time holding that balance so what do you guys do what's your wait what's your question (laughs) How do you live an intentional life yet not control and trust? I think that's the question. Before we introduce Lori, I'm really excited to share that the third episode of That Girl Got Ghosted, my YouTube series where I take Tinder dates into haunted hotels, is live. You can check it out. We'll drop a link in the show notes. If you haven't heard me talk about it before, this is really just been an experiment and an opportunity for me to hone in on my video editing skills but that girl got ghosted is a mashup of the bachelor ghost adventures and catfish on one it's fun it's silly it's cute it's a little spooky but in the best sort of way i would love to have you all check it out this episode i am in bisbee arizona with cam a video editor from denver colorado I think that's, that's really hard. (laughs) Yes. Um, and I think just practice what I've, I've been really practicing. Well, it's become really clear and I've known this forever. We used to say at Thrive, there's no there, there, you know, when you get to the there, it's not the there anymore. And my kind of what's really showing up for me is there's nowhere to get that that's what keeps coming up for me is there's nowhere to get. So just allow. And, and that's even in the small things. Like I, I used to be like such a planner and a controller and even like on my days off, well, I have to go to target and I have to clean and I have to do this and this and meditate and run. And, and, and then, and then it's just like a to-do list and it wasn't any fun and everything was forced. And then I'm thinking of the next thing I'm, I have to do when I'm doing the thing. And what the, the gift of like, there's nowhere to get has given me is I'm really playing with operating on like doing what feels like it needs to be done or wants to be done. Um, so like having an, an intention, I guess the way I do it is like, 
I have a kind of an overarching intention of, okay, this month, like I want to clean out my closet and, and write and do this. But like, I've tried to kind of back it up and not put it in such a box and then just kind of allow, allow it to unfold. And what I've been seeing is really cool is when I live more by what I'm inspired to do, um, it all ends up happening. And, um, and so I guess for me, it, I have the trust that it's all going to get done because I've experienced it enough and I'll even be inspired to clean and I'll even be inspired to do the things that I don't really want to do. But if I allow myself to just kind of wait until I'm inspired instead of forcing it, it all is a lot more fun and flows a lot more fluid. That was beautifully said. Um, I, that what's coming through to me is, um, it's a, a feeling that I have, um, that I'm starting to learn, which is an, it's like wh what I wrote down was, I know that I'm living intentionally or in that balance point by a feeling of aliveness that means something to me. And so I feel like I'm living. Um, whereas when I'm overly controlling, I'm usually anxious. And if I am not controlling and I'm kind of just like waiting around, I'm apathetic and kind of just like unmotivated. And so I've been paying, just paying attention to sometimes words just like, don't do it for me. And maybe that's like the dancer in me. Sometimes I feel like there's so much nuances that I can't find the words to actually describe. And so it's, it's an experience and a feeling in my body that I know. And, um, I know it when I'm there and then I can, and then I can put kind of words to like, Oh, I am the, the words you hear. Like I am controlling what I can control and I'm letting myself surrender to, to my higher power, what I can't control. And that is a, there is a, like a, an aliveness, like an excitement in that space of being like, Oh, I don't have to do all of it, but I do need to do some of it. So what's mine. And then where do I get to just like be surprised? Um, and so that feel, there's a feeling in my body when I'm sitting in that space that is, I'm still practicing, like, um, leaning into that. You nailed like quite a few emotions that I've been feeling. So being on the road, I think there's just like a general like excitement, of course, but um, like a feeling of aliveness. But I think where that comes from, and as you're saying this and like processing out loud, but um, is because when I'm on the road, like I don't try to control things. Like it is very much an unfolding or at least how I've been traveling um, of like some, you know, a couple of people are like, you should go to Taos, New Mexico. And after like the third time someone told it to me, I was like, look at going to Taos, New Mexico, you know, just like letting people and things and experiences guide me. And then since I've been back and it's probably also like past conditioning too. Like I've been feeling that anxiety, Rachel, that you said, and it's like, I feel like there's some sort of ticking time clock again of, I don't know what, but I'm sure I'm like trying to control something in my environment now versus just like being along for the ride. So thank you for saying that. Cause now I'm trying to think of like, what, like, yes, it's fine that I'm here, but also like, what did that look like in practice when I travel and how can I carry that over to when I'm not 
traveling and that anxiety starts to come up and like figuring out what's happening there. Yeah, I'll share too that one of, uh, there's been several key practices that I've been working on for the last eight months. And one of them is self-compassion, which I know is just like, we've heard it a million fucking times and like, okay, I got it. Self-compassion, I got it. Um, at least that's how I was when somebody suggested that I give it another try. Um, but truly my ability to sincerely step into that, um, self-compassion practice and not just do it as like another checkbox, but like, so that when I do get to a place where I am like massively controlling and I'm totally anxious, I then don't waste any more time trying to figure out why did you become that? Why are you this way? It's like, no, I can just have compassion for the fact that like, for whatever reason right now, my body is expressing all the experience, all the things outside and inside of myself in a a controlling and anxious driven way. And if I don't want to be there, um, you know, I have my compassion practice that I can kind of ground, get regrounded. And, and then I can remember like, oh yeah, I want to dance in the aliveness or whatever words I choose in the moment that allow me to get back to that, that balance point. Um, so I just, I share that just because for me, I can get really hard on myself when I'm not in <laughs> that like equilibrium place. And uh, it's really normal not to be like our bodies are giving us information. It's, it's, doing what it's supposed to. Like, I think that's what maybe the thing I forgot earlier that I wanted to say is that like our, our systems are doing these things, um, the, the way that they're supposed to, like the, the doubt and the fears and the things that are showing up are, are, aren't bad. Like that is our body communicating with us or, or our, um, our system. Um, and, if we can listen to it, not from a place of where it's wrong and I need to make it better. And from a, oh, this is information that I can incorporate. I don't, I'm, I'm don't feel like I'm using the word, I'm finding the words very well, but I'm playing with this quite a bit of like allowing the gamut of the expressions and I feel a depth of things. And so instead of making it seem like there's something wrong with me when I'm in the depths of something that is uncomfortable, like knowing that that is how my body is processing the experience that I'm in. And it's, it's just, it's doing what it's supposed to do. Like there's nothing wrong. It's like when you, we've used this example before. It's like when my stomach gets bloated because I have, or IBS, we'll use the IBS. I've been eating a lot of butter lately. And like, I have IBS not because something's fucking wrong with my body. It's because my body is responding to the thing that I'm putting into it. And I'm, making the IBS mean what's wrong, you know, like, or the bloating or whatever it is, you know, I've deemed that as like something I need to fix, but really my body's just giving, giving me a feedback loop. Like, no, that was long-winded. Oh, and thank you. I needed to hear that because yeah, I just needed to hear that again. Like yesterday was a shitty day for me and I was sitting in a lot of resentment and anger and just the, the really uncomfortable emotions. And at first I was just like, ah, fuck this. Like, I hate it. Like why? And then I was just like, okay, I'm not getting myself out of it. So just be in it. And then, um, thank you for saying that. Cause that resentment is, is definitely telling me something 
um, that needs to change. Mark, Mark Grove says that resentment 100% of the time means that you there's a boundary being breached or a boundary that hasn't been laid. So I took a, I took a course that probably should have taken one month and I, it took me over a year to finish it because I sincerely did it. And that is like the biggest thing I always think about. If I'm like have feeling resentment towards somebody, I'm like, Ooh, have you, have you placed a boundary or has a boundary been breached that you need to like readdress? And that has been really, really helpful. So take that or leave that. Yeah, that lands very hard. So thank you. Sorry, it's a wisdom. Yeah, I am um, to what we've been talking about, even like habits, like some of my old habits have been coming back of like, I've been really called to overeat recently. And yeah, I try not to one beat myself up for it. But sometimes for me, just like the acknowledgement of what it's tied to, like, I, I know what you mean when you can get into like the loop where you're like trying to solve something and then you're overactive. But today it just sort of like landed and it clicked and I was like, Oh, you're overeating. Cause you're not feeling very secure, like safe right now with your life and like your job and all these things, like you're feeling very unsafe. So acknowledge that, like, how do you cultivate safety? I mean, I could just keep eating, which is fine too. Or is there like a different way you want to do it? But like being able to name, the experience because it was just like what is going on like I was like I know I like, broke this quote-unquote habit but I'm like there's clearly something happening here that my body is just like eat and it's just like you don't feel safe so uh start for winter because there might be famine coming and like ooh, you know I'm like this is all related to my financial stress probably and like other th- you know all these things um so I add just like if someone's in it like yeah don't try to over force the answer because it took me like a couple of days to figure it out and then it was more it's probably more passive it just like sort of came to me this morning when I woke up and I was like oh, that's what's going on and like now that I've been able to identify it, it's like it almost reduces my anxiety and almost my shame on it because I'm like okay I get what's happening here like that makes total sense body like thanks for trying to store up and like you know make sure we got all the goods in case like the famine and disease does show up like we're good we're you know we're getting ready for it um, and so sometimes like, I just, I, I appreciate having the answers without forcing them, but having them like having, again, being able to, I'm rambling, but being able to identify what it is and name it. I didn't hear in that you saying I'm fucked up. And so I heard you just being like getting curious and being like, which is maybe exactly what you were saying. So, but I heard you really go what, what else is here to look at besides just going, what the fuck's wrong with you for eating all these fucking cookies, which that happened to me about two months ago. (laughs) (laughs) I'm all, see, my mind wants to go there. It's like one of those, that's the initial reaction, right? Yeah. We spend half of our lives like shaming ourselves for eating food or maybe that's just me, but, um, but uh, yeah, that's the initial reaction. (laughs) I know. And then it's just like, you know what? whatever, just eat it. It's like, you're fine. And pay. Yeah. And then get curious versus like, historically, I would have went into the shame cycle of like, you're messed up. Like you broke this habit. You're doing this bad thing. And it's like, no, like you're not doing anything wrong. You're not fucked up, but something's happening. Like there's something going on here. So let's be open to the answer to what is. Well, and I love that. And what I heard in, in that is ask the question and then let it go. And that's been a constant practice for me, you know, because yeah, it's, I think it's 
instinct to want to figure it out right now, get out of this. Um, but I've had my best results of when I, you know, that kind of goes back to what we were talking about before too, of when I have the, I ask the question or I have the intention, but then I let it go and then I come back to it and then I let it go. And then usually it'll show up, but it will never show up if I'm trying, like strangling it and trying. Totally. We just, have, oh, sorry. I was just going to say, we had someone else in the podcast and her phrase is like, like the fucking spoon. And I feel like I was just sitting to that when I was like, I don't have the answer, but I have a spoonful of peanut butter and I eat peanut butter and lunch meat. Don't judge me. And <laughs> I'm back of lunch meat. I'm just like, yeah, just lick the fucking spoon and eat the fuck. it'll come eventually. Just eat some more. <laughs> I was going to say, it just, I just realized that letting go is almost the exact same thing as like, that is the exact dynamic that we were just, I was just talking about of being in that balancing point of like, what can I control and what can't I? And allowing the universe to, I just, it just came to me that they're the exact same thing. <laughs> I don't know why that's so funny to me. Anyways, um, I, <laughs> Emily, a lot of what you are speaking to right now, I know comes from the Tao. Do you want to just speak to that a l- little bit at all? Yeah, sure. Um, yeah, I've been, uh, it's hard to even know where to start because the whole thing about the Tao is that it can't be explained. Um, so I've been uh, I studying it l- lightly, I guess, um, for a while now. And it's just kind of been my gui- guiding, like grounding force, I guess. Um, it's the, the Tao Te Ching is an um, ancient Chinese text and it translates into the way. And um, I guess my best explanation is um, the idea is that we don't have to control or force anything um, because look at nature. Nobody forces or controls nature and it beautifully does what it needs to do. And so just taking so many lessons, I think there's 80 some verses, um, they're all very short, but I'm, I read the, the one where Wayne Dyer kind of dissects each verse and I try to do the, do a few of those a week. Um, but it's, it is the push and the pull, you know, it, it's like there are the, the world of 10,000 things and we, we have named the 10,000 things. And then in the next sentence it's, but don't name anything because there's danger in that. And so I think, I think I'm drawn to it because it's such a push and a pull. And it's just like, right when you think that you might have something here, it like slaps you in the face with the other thing. And so I think I'm kind of actually just realizing that right now is maybe why I like it so much is that it, it constantly challenges me to not get stuck in, in one thing. Sounds yeah. like life. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's like, it is supposed to be, uh, I mean, <laughs> a reflection, a capturing of the essence of existence. So I, and I, the reason I wanted to um, pull it into the conversation is because um, just to be able to actually name it in case anyone is interested. I think a lot of what we've been talking about today in different words is a lot about that, um, that, that push and pull to, to use your language or that the essence of of that, those teachings. And so, um, 
there's a lot to to look at and play with if anyone is feeling pull, pulled or pushed <laughs> with it. I was going to make the same joke. For yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So any any last lingering thoughts from the crew? I just have to say, Emily, you just like, I'm so grounded when I, I like feel so grounded right now. And I just appreciate you. Thank you so much. And thank you. I guess my parting words will be thank you to both of you for inviting me on. Um, and I definitely want to reconnect with you guys because that workshop and being here today, um, I'm definitely missing these types of conversations in my life. So thank you. Thank you. So Emily, how do you live your true north in one word? Trust. And if people want to get in touch with you or get a hold of you, how can they do that? Well, I'm not very active on social media, <laughs> so I guess I would love to hear from people. You could uh, you could email me. Uh, I'll give you guys my email address. That that would be the best way. Cool. We'll, we'll drop it in the the show notes. Well, thank you, Emily, so much for this conversation and for playing with us. And I, there, I'm taking quite a few notes with me today of things I want to remember as I sit with my newly acquired anxiety again. <laughs> again is the key word there. <laughs> newly acquired, but actually very old and familiar. Hello, friend. <laughs> Hello, old friend. I know you. <laughs> okay, I should probably stop talking now. <laughs> this has been another episode of the True North Collective podcast. For more from Rachel and I, check us out on the gram at the True North Collective underscore. And make sure you're signed up for our mailing list. You can do that at the truenorthcollective.org to stay up to date on all of our resources, tools, and upcoming events. We appreciate you being here with us. We'll see you next time.